Now we're going to do a series called Questions for Students. And uh, hey, secondary students, you're amazing. College students, I love you. You're amazing. God has a plan for you. And um, maybe, you know, you grew up like me in church, and like the Jesus thing is so cliche. So cliche, cliche is something, it's like, um, uh, it's like a, a deep truth that's lost its meaning because you've heard it so much. You know, I think Jesus is pretty cliche in Ireland, right? Jesus is all over the place. You find crosses everywhere, right? But they, and they, they say his name all the time on the streets, right? Oh, I hit my thumb with a nail, Jesus. So he's become pretty cliche in our culture. And so you can tend to just, you know, well, that's Jesus. But I'm telling you, there is so much to Jesus. I mean, he is really your best friend. He is the, a rock for your life. You guys look like deers staring at headlights. And be like, Jesus is amazing. He'll change your life. He, 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 he's a revolutionary. And um, just because you've heard about him your whole life doesn't mean you know him. And I'm telling you, one of the most important questions that you can ask is, who is Jesus? And, and what does that mean to me? Seriously. Don't let it pass you by. This is the reason why we're doing this um, questions for students. And listen, secondary students, college students, I'm, gonna, I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm talking to everybody. Because we're all students. We're all, we're all learners. But I really have a heart for you, you students, because I love you. And God loves you. And it is so important. This stuff is so important for your life. So we're going to do this series. And um, I'm starting it off, but we're also going to hear from um, Eric, my, my friend Eric. We're going to hear from Bob Boyle. He's up on the soundboard right now. Uh, We're going to hear from Fiona. We're going to hear from Gregory. They're each going to take one of these messages. And one of the big hearts behind it is for you students, because we love you, and God loves you, and we want the best for your life. And it's important for you to get some really good questions and answers for your life as you transition into adulthood. Because you know what? Pretty soon you're going to think you're young, but you're actually just about to turn 40 like me. And you're going to say, whoa, I'm an adult. What happened? And when, I, when you get there, I don't want your list of, I wish I would have done this, 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 to be this long. I want to, you know, I, I realize probably you're going to have a list regardless when you get to my age of, I wish I would have done this, but I don't want it to be this long. I want it to be this long, okay? So that's why we're doing this. All right, so questions for students. Can you say with me, questions are important. Questions are important. Will you put the next slide? Karin, you're going to love this one. In September, a Cork family had a pleasant surprise after bringing a vase to a charity valuation, 
to determine what the value of it might be. This is what it looks like. Isn't that nice? My wife loves this kind of stuff, blue and white old stuff. She loves it. And uh, so this Cork family brought this, <coughs> this uh, flask to a valuer because they wanted to find out how much it was worth. And after bringing it to be viewed by a professor and auctioneer, there they learned that the piece that they believed to have been worth only a few thousand euros, they thought it was worth a few thousand, which is pretty good, right? Hey, that's not too bad. They found that it was a rare Ming Dynasty artifact said to be worth 40 to 60,000 euros. Wouldn't you like to find that in your attic? <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. It was described as an extraordinary piece and extremely rare. It was very difficult to make, and very few were made, and few have survived. But listen to this. It gets even better. On Thursday, in Duro, just up the road, you know Duro, like 20 minutes up the road, <coughs> this vase sold for 610,000 euros to somebody from mainland China at an auction. Isn't that amazing? So say with me, no, now listen, they thought it was worth a couple thousand, but they asked the right questions. Questions are important. Now, let's do that next slide. Good questions are Valuable. That's cool. <laughs> Just don't break it. All right. Good questions are valuable. Okay, I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, and uh, I'm a parent. I have four little kids, as most of you know. And um, the other day, I asked them, uh, Jewel Isaac Justice, not, not Aiden, because he would just say, Mama, if I asked him, to, if I talked to him, he just says, Mama, 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 or Wah, 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 Wah. Sometimes, Da, 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 Da. But uh, I, I asked them, uh, kids, you can ask me any question while we're having our dinner tonight, and I'm going to do my best to answer you. So just ask me anything you want to ask me. I'm not giving you guys permission to do that, but <laughs> I do to my kids. So my justice, my little three-year-old, he says to me, Daddy, when can you bring me to the dome? And the, the dome is that, the indoor play place in Carlo. Good question, right? And then, um, then Jewel asked me, Daddy, why did my piano teacher cancel our lesson this week? And, okay, let me, I get, I told, what I told Justice is, uh, ask your mom. And <laughs> 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 I don't know Justice, but I, did, that was, I was 
a good answer. But so, and then with Jewel, we said, well, she said that something came up that was unforeseen, so she couldn't have the piano lesson. So, right, that's good, right? Simple, simple questions from our kids. And um, but but what I what I learned in that moment is that questions. Um, my kids' questions revealed something of their heart to me, right? So our questions, the questions that we ask, can reveal something about what's going on inside of us. So for Justice, obviously going to the Dome was a big deal for him. For Jewel, she was thinking about her piano lessons and why didn't that teacher, why don't we have it? And Justice is funny again. He, he, uh, he's interesting. Whenever I put on my jacket, he runs up to me, Daddy, why are you putting on your jacket? I put on my shoes, and he says, Daddy, why are you putting on your shoes? Daddy, where are you going? I'm, can I go with you? Daddy. I'm serious. Like, every single day. So he has some sort of issue in his heart that we're going to leave him. You see, I mean, like, actually, really, this is something deep, deep in him. He's, he, like, panics, especially when his mom leaves. Not so much with me. He wonders if he can go. But if his mom goes, it, ask my mom, all hell breaks loose. He, he just loses it. And so when, b- by the questions we ask, we, we actually can, something of us is revealed. Okay, I think that's my next, yeah, good questions are revealing. And so a couple questions for you are, do you ask questions? I think I have a slide. Do you ask questions? And what kind of questions do you ask? Good questions are valuable. Do you, have you like given up on asking questions? Might you be missing out on a 610,000 vase because you think it's a 1,000 euro vase? And might the questions that you're asking reveal your heart? So if you think about your questions, maybe you'll learn something new about your heart. We think we know ourselves. But it's amazing how often... We don't. Okay, so we're going to start a series on uh, questions for students. And um, questions are so important because, um, because it's important to have discernment. And uh, discernment. What is discernment? <coughs> discernment is, uh, I'm going to give you a few definitions. Hopefully it's going to be simple enough. But discernment is the ability to tell between what is right and what is wrong. And uh, students, you need discernment. If your parents are praying parents, they pray that you will have discernment, this wisdom and this ability to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong, between what is true and what is error. And 
there was a guy, there was another preacher named uh, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, and he said discernment is the difference between what is right and what is almost right. Well, it takes it to another level, huh? A little clarification. Because sometimes it's tough to, to tell. Uh, but we need discernment. And to get discernment, we need to answer questions. And we also need more than that. But I'll get into that. Okay. Now I want to... Okay, do you... Some of you have a Bible. You put your finger in John 18. And we're there. It didn't take an hour. <coughs> we're going to look at six verses of um, one of the most epic moments in human history, I think. And um, this passage of Scripture is about Jesus on trial. Again, one of the most epic moments in human history. Don't let it pass you by. Okay, are you listening to me? Are you going to look at your Bible? I'm actually going to put it up here. Yeah, it's there already. We're going to read this together. It's six verses. This uh, kind of confrontation or conversation between this man named Pilate and Jesus It's found in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be looking at John. And in John, it covers 30 verses. And man, I would would love to spend like six hours talking about all 30 verses, but I'm not going to today. Can I get a hallelujah out there? But it is so packed full, the depth. It is so hard to do what I'm doing right now. Because I just get to like scratch the surface of so much stuff. It's, it's hard to talk. I never thought I'd have this problem, James. Like, I, I'm not a person that likes to talk too much, but when you get into God's Word, like, there's so much. It's just unbelievable. Okay. Um, okay, so let's read it together, and then I'll try to hit, hit a few things. But, but as, you, as we're reading this, what I want you to kind of click in your mind at this moment because there is so much, even in these six verses, there's so many rabbit trails and things that we could talk about. What I want you to really emphasize as we're reading this are the questions that are happening in this conversation. It's six verses and it's loaded with important questions, okay? So let's have a look. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and he said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over, de- delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. 
Then Pilate said to him, So you're a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Say truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. Amazing passage. Amazing conversation. The first question I want to look at, and we can put it up on the slide, is the question of a judge. And Jesus has been brought to Pilate. And if you remember the story, uh, Jesus was just doing good stuff, right? And all these people were following him. He was healing people, teaching people to love their enemies, stuff like that, right? And so, be, but because he started getting this amazing crowds to him, he got popular. The Jewish leaders began to get jealous of him to the point that they wanted to kill him. So they sent out people to watch and listen to what he was saying because they wanted to catch him on something wrong. If Jesus had YouTube, they would be having somebody to, you know, listen to all his YouTube videos and pull out pieces so that they could share that with the world of how twisted he is. And so they're there listening to Jesus and, and they just, they, they hate him. And finally, they, they realize that he's calling himself the son of God. And so they decide, well, he's blaspheming, so let's kill him. We got a reason. And so they brought him to the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin was the Jewish ruling court because at that time, it was kind of, you know, there was a mix between politics and religion. And so the religious leaders were also political leaders, and they were very corrupt in Jesus' day. And they had the ability to basically make uh, judgments in court cases all the way up to the point of death. They, they weren't allowed to kill people because... Rome had come, if you've heard of Caesar, Rome had come to their nation and basically taken over. And so they, they were in power. Rome was in power there, but it was a, it was a kind of a, a pol- political agreements were happening. So the Sanhedrin, religious political power, had the ability to make judgments, but they couldn't pronounce somebody guilty and then kill them for what they did. Okay. So, he's brought to his first trial in the Sanhedrin. They find him guilty, but they're not allowed to kill him. So, they bring Jesus to Pilate, who was the governor of a place called Judea, which is the southern part of Israel. And Pilate is a Roman man, military guy, who's the governor, and he has power to say whether somebody can be killed. You see, it's kind of next level power. So, they bring him to him. And Jesus is on trial. And it's such a complex. Jesus actually has four trials, and they're all twisted. It's, a, it's an amazing story, but I can't go there. God help me to just stay on track, okay? Uh, so the first question, though, that Pilate asks, because Pilate in this moment is a judge, That's his job right now. 
He is a judge. He needs discernment because he's supposed to figure out the difference between what is right and almost right. This pilot's place. And he, so he says to Jesus what looks like an excellent question for a judge to ask because a judge is meant to be trying to find the truth. And he says to Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? So it, it looks great. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched court cases or maybe you've been to one. I actually haven't seen an Irish one, so I'm not sure. I'm going to have to ask Irina this, but in all the, the court cases that I've seen, and I've seen them in different countries, but they, when somebody comes up to be a witness, they sit them down and they say something like, are you prepared to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Right? Because truth is important, especially in a court case, supposedly. And if you don't tell the truth, sir or ma'am, you realize that there will be consequences upon you. You'll be the one going to prison, not just this person that we're trying to figure out about. Do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? So it's important. So he asks this question. He's trying, supposedly trying to get to the truth. And, uh, but Pilate's question actually, I think, was pretty loaded. He says, are you the king of the Jews? And the religious people, they wanted to have Jesus killed because he made himself out to be God. But Pilate could care less about what Jesus says about him being God. He doesn't care. It's not a big deal for him. There's no stipulation in Roman law saying you can't call yourself God. You see what I'm saying? But for the Jewish leaders, this was a big deal. And so G- I, th- I think Pilate, the judge, is trying to do something here. I, I, I think he's looking for a way to fulfill these Jewish people's wishes so that he won't have a headache. That's a nice judge, isn't it? Isn't that the judge that you want? The guy that's just trying to side with your accuser so he doesn't have a headache? No. Messed up. Okay. Keep going, No. So this is the question. The next one is... Um, Questions that are personal. So he's gone through this. Uh, Jesus then asks Pilate a question. And I, I believe that Jesus loves Pilate. Just like he loves me. <laughs> and I think that Jesus loves you. And uh, sometimes, though, he loves you, but he asks you really hard questions that aren't, are uncomfortable because he wants you to be able to actually reveal your heart 
and learn something about yourself. And okay, so so the, he's he loves him, and what I think he's trying to do is he's trying to get personal. Um, Jesus asks to Pilate. You know, he's Pilate just asks, "Are you the King of the Jews?" The next question is from Jesus. Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? And what I think he's trying to do is, Pilate, I know what you're doing. <coughs> I can see what you're doing. Did, did you say this of your own accord? Do you actually, Pilate, do you really want to know who I am? I mean, I, or are you just going with what other people are saying about me? And students, do you really want to know who Jesus is? Or do you just want to go with what your friends are telling you about him? This is what Jesus asks. Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Are you being an impartial judge, or are you willing to see the truth? Are you actually looking for the truth? Or are you just acting? So God will get personal with you. And you can't shirk it. You can't say, well, they told me, so I, you know, I just went with them. No, he'll say, but yeah, you can't do that. This is about you. It's not, it's not about them. Hey, come on, guys. It's not about them. What about you? Amazing. So God gets personal. Jesus gets personal. Okay, the next questions, questions that are of responsibility. I hate the truth because the truth means that there is responsibility. Who loves the word responsibility? Ah, That's good. (laughs) You know, responsibility is a good thing, except for when you have to clean the dishes or, you know, you get a dog and they do stuff in the grass that you have to clean up. (laughs) You become a parent and they have these things called nappies and responsibility. The trouble with truth is that it requires responsibility. I remember as a teenager walking out of a shop with a handful of stuff that wasn't mine and feeling a big hand on my shoulder that said to me, do you know what you just did? I turned around. There's the guard. Oh, yes, I do know what I just did. Do you see? Truth and responsibility. I don't like truth. I don't like that. Oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I don't have any responsibility to throw the stuff out. I didn't do it. I don't know what you saw. I was just holding on to it for my sister. Oh, I forgot to pay for it. We don't like the truth because with the truth, there's responsibility. Woo! Pilate got really uncomfortable with Jesus' question. So he said, <laughs> look at this, Jesus' questions. 
you know, are you just going along with what others are telling you? And then Pilate's like, am I a Jew? Your religious leaders brought you to me. I mean, it's, it's your guys' thing. Like, what have you done? He's doing the exact same thing. I have nothing to do with this. I'm not a Jew. This is, you know, this is your people's problem. So what have you done? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's the same thing we all do. I, uh, what have you done? He, he's trying to like shirk the responsibility. But you know, Jesus, he just says, Pilate, you're in this, my friend. You're right in the middle. And you're going to have to make a judgment. You're going to have to make a decision. Because you are in this. This is not a Jewish thing. This is not a religious thing. This is not the politics of these people. This is not so small. This is massive. And you're right in the middle. And you are a judge in this moment. And you must make a decision. You can't pawn off this decision to somebody else. It's you. And you actually have the opportunity to see the truth and then act in response to the truth if you want Pilate's like, I don't want anything to do with this. How do I get this guy out of here? It's, the, yeah. So th- this questions, these questions go deeper. So that's the next slide. Questions of depth. Questions that are deeper. Make no mistake, because, you know, you can read this and you just think, oh, it's just, it's just a trial. It's facts and, and what happened. But this is so much bigger. This is a very spiritual moment taking place. And already, Pilate's wife came to him and said to Pilate, Pilate, she came to him, freaked out. Pilate, I had a dream last night about this guy that's been brought to you. And it freaked me out. Pilate, whatever you do, have nothing to do with him. Get out of there. It's... Like, this is dangerous. I don't know what's going on here. Something spiritual is happening. Pilate, I'm scared for you. And over and over in this story, if you read through the Gospels, it talks about Pilate. He's like, goes through this progression of fear. He starts to realize that this is bigger. This isn't just about facts and Jewish law and these people bringing me this guy that is nobody. There's something special about this guy. It's a much deeper conversation. And so in this moment, Jesus starts to explain to Pilate the depth of what's happening. And he says to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. You say I'm a king. For this purpose, I was born. For this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. To the truth. Massive questions now. And Pilate, you're right in the middle of it. And um, have you ever asked a big question without realizing how big it was? Uh, There's some, like, big questions we ask, right? And again, we tend to... We're so busy. And we ask questions and we think about things for like five seconds, and then glide past them. Like, um, 
why am I here? Well, you got on a plane, you flew to Dublin, you landed, you got out, you took the green bus, they dropped you off, and here you are. No. Why are you here? What's my purpose? Uh, um, students, my friends, everybody here, you could write down these questions. I bet most of us have never spent more than a couple minutes on these. So I'm just going to throw out some good questions. But some of us, I think, we think they're, they're good questions, but, um, but we think, well, they can't really be answered. And I think that often that's like thinking that you have a thousand euro vase and you're not asking any questions, so you're not finding out the true value of what's going on. And it's having an effect on your life because good questions are very valuable. So I'm giving you some good questions to think about. Why am I here? What's my purpose? Where am I headed? Is there more to life than this? Super profound questions. Transcendence. Okay, I'm going to read this. I know this is kind of a big word, but that's okay. Transcendence has a profound effect on our understanding of reality. And um, I'm going to say it again. Transcendence has a profound effect on our understanding of reality. And this is what I, I think um, Norman brought up and what David talked about. He talks about that God comes and he sets our feet upon a rock. If there's something bigger than just what we see and what we experience here, if we're more than, if you are more than an accident, then it has an, a huge effect on what reality is. And it's going to have a huge effect on your life and it changes everything. Uh, when Jesus speaks about truth, he's speaking about God. As a kid, one of the verses that we learned is super simple. You know, you memorize stuff if you go to church. Often you memorize verses, and one of the verses is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And like as a kid, you're like, you, you know it, but you don't really know it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But that is so chock full of depth. Because if there is no God, then do whatever you like. And don't tell others to do anything but whatever they want to do. But if there is a God, there is an authority, there is right and wrong, and there is something called truth. If there is no God, then listen, 
feel free to throw truth in the bin. Because who are you to say that their opinion and preference is any better than yours? Truth and God. The fear of the Lord. And it's not like fear, like, oh my goodness, he's probably going to strike me with lightning in this moment. It's fear like fear of this guard that put his hand on my shoulder. He wasn't doing anything bad. He was doing what was right. Or the guard that says, you know, you shouldn't have ran through that stop sign because you might kill somebody. That's that kind of fear, reverential of an authority that's actually a good authority that's trying to protect people. Okay, I'm probably, I'm probably going, am I going too much? Is this too much for you? Do you need a break? Do you need a nap? Is it heavy? It's good? Okay. I'm almost done. I promise. Almost. What does that mean? An Irish two more minutes. Huh? Is that true? <laughs> um, what is truth? What in the world is truth? Students, it's so good. Look at this question. What is truth? Do you know? Like you've probably heard it tons of times. Well, truth is don't tell a lie. Uh, don't say what's false. Uh, Pilate says to Jesus, Jesus says, I came to be a witness of the truth. Anybody that is of the truth listens to me. (coughs) And Pilate says, what is truth? And goes out to the the people. Pilate doesn't ask a question. He says, what is truth? He doesn't ask, what is truth? Do you do that? Outstanding question to the, the exact person that you would want to ask it to. He, he has Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, the Logos, there. What is truth? Let me go talk to my friends. You're the one on trial. What is truth? So what is truth? Okay, I'm going to get like, um, I'm going to get culturally relevant for a moment. Are you ready? Culturally relevant. There was a famous media person last year who won, a, won an award. And um, this is what she said. Speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. I'm going to quote her again because I think it's so off. Speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. I hear like tons of people, like if you go on YouTube and if you're a marketer or something like that, they're always talking about speak your truth. Speak your truth. Now, my question is, do you have a truth? Okay, look. Does Dominica have a truth? And then do I have a truth? And does David have a truth? 
And does Barbara have a truth, her truth? But it's not my truth, but it's her truth. What is truth? Come on, Noel. This is powerful. What is truth? Do each of us have a truth? Or are we talking about personal opinion or preference? Woo! This is very, very, very culturally relevant and important to your life. And everywhere, they talk about your or my or his or her or their truth. Okay, let, let, like, okay, let me give you a physical example. If I'm standing right here, right now, this is not a trick question, okay? I'm standing right here, right now, and I want to pour a bowl of cereal. I want to fill my bowl of cereal. Do I imagine, like there is a bowl here and there is some cereal. Do I pour it like this? And then I can give it to David, and, and David can put the bowl up here and then pour it like this because that's his truth. Do you see what I'm saying? Is that like there's gravity? There's gravity right here in this moment, right now, where I'm standing. And that is true for me. And I think it's true for you. If it's not true for you, I'll talk to you afterwards and let's figure it out. I want to know what you do and that, why is that not true for you. But if you have a bowl and you, I, and I know this is, there's complicated stuff about this that I'm talking about. But I'm just kind of kind of trying to remove some of the complexity of it, okay? And so you pour it's going to go on the like, I think it's I think we all know that. We all live that way. That there is truth that's true for all of us. And that's what truth is. It's a reality that is true for everyone. And if we're talking about truth, let, let me just hit a couple more things, okay? Um there's a, there was a bill in Canada that was passed a couple years ago, and it made it illegal to discriminate based on gender identity or expression. And, um, you know, love is love. So don't discriminate on people based on what they say their gender identity or expression is. And listen, I'm a Christian, and Christians love people. They're supposed to. They don't always do it perfectly. I don't always do it perfectly. I love people. People are made in the image of God. They're the most precious. I don't want to hurt people. If you're a Christian, you, sh- you should not want to hurt people. And you should love. Uh, but, but, it, but this bill made it illegal to discriminate based on gender identity or expression. And uh, so now you can get in trouble for calling a... You can get in trouble for calling a biological man a man. Or you can get in trouble for calling a biological woman a woman. Do you see what I'm saying? 
I don't want to hurt anybody. But in Canada, in Ontario, it's possible that you can get in trouble, whether it's at work or with the government or whatever, in small or big ways, I'm not sure. But you can get in trouble for calling a biological man a man and for calling a biological woman a woman. And um, on, on Facebook, this is interesting, on Facebook in 2014 in the UK, you can choose from 71 gender options. I thought that was interesting. 71? So, right, um, there, there are, there's men and there's women, okay, scientifically. There's men and women. I know there are some anomalies, but there are men and women, okay? Uh, but some of the 71 things that you can choose from is you can choose asexual, polygender, a two-spirit person. I thought that was an interesting one. Non-binary, gender fluid. Uh, so, I I am I like people to like me, and so to even like bring up this stuff. Do you guys feel a little bit uncomfortable? Because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't like to hurt people's feelings. I love people. And I have feelings. I'm a kind person. <laughs> I'm a kind person. Uh, so I understand that. I understand that feeling. But like truth is important too. And sometimes um, speaking truth is actually the loving thing to do. And as Christians, we have to figure out how to love and, and like be truthful about like, is it, is it okay for me to call a man a man? Is it okay or is that wrong? Is it okay for me to call a woman a woman or is that, should I not because I might hurt their feelings? I want to be kind, but I want to tell them the truth, right? Okay, so, so again, these are big questions culturally relevant to your life. Um, okay, so that one, okay, so that one's a little sensitive right now, but I want to share two stories that are a little bit different, but very similar lines. In, uh, a couple years ago, there was a woman in America where all the great stuff happens, America. And she uh, worked, she was president of the NAACP, and her name was Rachel Dolezal. And she was found to be a white person pretending to be black. Do you hear about her? Yeah, some of you have. And when she was confronted about her race, Dolezal, she, changed her na- she had changed her name to Nikechi Diallo. She famous, famously responded, I identify as black. That's very interesting. Is that her truth? Or is that the truth? Okay, that's just one example. Okay, then let's go to Europe. Hallelujah, Europe. Let's, go to the, let's fly over to the Netherlands. 69-year-old man in the Netherlands petitioned the court to legally change his age to 49 <laughs> because, because he felt 20 years younger. Is, do I have a right to tell him that's not true? 
Because that's his truth. I'm not trying to start fights, everybody. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to truth. You know, you know what I heard? I heard that he, one of his, one of the things that he brought up is that he thought he might be able to get more dates if he was 49. But, so it's just not true. You're 69 years old. Thankfully, the judge reasoned that the decision, if he would have let him go ahead of it with it, they didn't let him change his driver's license or any of that stuff legally. Uh, the judge reasoned a judge with discernment, the ability to tell between right and wrong and almost right and right. He said, the decision to let you do that would have undesirable legal and social implications. Isn't that why for him and not for other stuff? Interesting. So in our world, truth is under attack. It's like just getting kicked on the ground. You know why? I think one of the reasons is because if there is no God, truth is irrelevant. You have no right to say something is true if there is no God. This is clarity for you. This is clarity for me. Because who are you to say that what you think is true is better than what I think is true? We're the same. But if there is an absolute authority, then we got to come under that. And he is God. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He, ha- he has ways for us to live that are the best for us. And so this is truth. Just, these are just, a, this is amazing. So Pilate, this is Pilate. His question, what is truth, walks out, goes back to the people. Again, you see him? He's exactly like me. When I was a teenager, I really cared about what my friends thought. I just did not want to do anything that they wouldn't do. You know, they, you ever heard of WWJD? I was like, WW, what would my friends do? I'm going to do that. I'm thinking about my friends. How am I going to be cool? How can I, you know, get myself up the hierarchy at school and make sure I wear the right shoes? And, and this is Pilate. And, I mean, he's a leader, but he's doing the same thing. And he... he, he um, He finds himself in that place. What is truth goes back out to his buddies. Not really his buddies. He just didn't want the headache. And he says, I find no guilt in this guy. He saw the truth. But do you know what? He didn't do anything with it. He... He did do stuff with it. He did the absolute opposite of what he should have done. Jesus had no guilt. He had him beaten, and then he released Jesus to be killed, a man who he found no guilt in. Interesting, Pilate. And and again, Pilate, in every way possible, he did not want this to be personal. He was trying to say, I don't want anything to do with this. Uh, this is a Jewish thing. This is a religious thing. Uh, okay, you guys can have him, but I'm going to wash my hands, so I'm going to be grand. Right? He washes his hands. This isn't me, but it was Pilate. 
Pilate found no guilt and released Jesus to be killed. And who was the guilty one? Pilate. Just like you and just like me, we're the guilty ones. We do the same things. But God is so gracious and he loves us. So I'm going to show you the last slide. We'll just go through it here. I'm really ending now, okay? Ask yourself a good question, number one. Let's do this last one. Now what? What do we do with all this? Why did Noel talk so long? And now what am I going to do with it? Here it is. I'm going to spell it out to you first. One more slide. Ask yourself a good question. Uh, You may already um, be asking yourself good questions every day, and you may not even realize it. Um, Maybe your question is, am I being someone I don't want to be? Uh, Here's another question. Is this entertainment healthy or is it slavery? Here's another question. Why am I afraid of their opinions more than of God? Um, Or it could be a question like, God, what are you like? Or it could be a question of, why am I so angry? Or it could be a question of, why do I keep doing that over and over and over and over? Maybe you've been asking yourself that, but let's ask yourself a good question. It may be the 610,000 euro question to change your life. Okay, next thing. Take time with the question. Don't just take 30 seconds with the question. Push pause on Netflix. Turn off the iPad for an hour or something. I know you're tired and you want to go to sleep after your long day of work. But that question that's been bugging you for years, take time with the question. And then, get on, when you do this, you're getting honest with yourself. And it's amazing when you get honest with yourself, at the same time you get honest with God. You, you can do that next slide. Getting honest with you, it's amazing. At the same time, you're getting honest with God. It's amazing. 